0: Greetings, family. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. Daily Reflections, A Clean Sweep, August 13. And third, having thus cleaned away the debris of the past, we consider how, with our newfound knowledge of ourselves, we may develop the best possible relations with every human being we know. Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, page 77. Again, Third, having thus clean away the debris of the past, we consider how with our newfound knowledge of ourselves we may develop the best possible relations with every human being we know. As I faced the eighth step, everything that was required for successful completion of the previous seven steps came together. Courage, honesty, sincerity, willingness, and thoroughness. I could not muster the strength required for this task of the beginning. At the beginning, which is why this step reads, became willing. I need to develop the courage to begin, the honesty to see where I was wrong, a sincere desire to see things right, thoroughness in making the list, and willingness to take the risk required for true humility. With the help of my higher power in developing these virtues, I completed the step and continue to move forward in my quest for spiritual growth. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Something was wrong is our article from a grapevine sent to us from Glasgow, Scotland. Let me stress straight away that although I came from a family with strong religious beliefs, beliefs, and attended church in my youth. I had no idea what it was all about and wasn't really concerned. I attended church merrily to keep my parents off my back. When I was a teenager, I began to drift away from my parents. I also began to drift away from the church, and I don't really call ever again going on my knees to pray until I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous in a mental hospital in Glasgow, Scotland. After 18 years of sick drinking. In the hospital, I begged God for help. My tormented mind would not allow me to pray for it. Each day, I asked God to ease the, this endless torment, only to awake each morning with the same pressure and endless despair. But I kept on asking God for help, and slowly my mind began to unwind. I realized that something wonderful was happening to me as a person with little or no faith. I wasn't sure whether I was being helped by the hospital treatment The AA meeting in the hospital or God, so I clung tight to all three. As time favored me, I began to realize that a power much greater than anything I had known was helping me to restore me to sanity. I put myself in the hands of this great power now known to me as God. Shortly after this, I was released from the hospital and I was at home when I experienced a very close but frightening conscious contact with the divine power. It all started one Saturday afternoon. As I was sitting reading the newspaper for no apparent reason, I got a very strange feeling that something was wrong with an AA friend who was in hospital after a slip. I went to the hospital right away and found my friend crying his heart out. He had just received news that his brother had died two hours earlier. On leaving the hospital after counseling my friend, I was walking down the road when I suddenly fell by a very moving and frightening power which seemed to take me over completely. I stopped and looked up into the night sky. I thought that I was up in a cloud and God was inside me. I couldn't sleep all that night. I was in a very deep thought. The next day, I felt completely at peace with, with the world. After a time, although I still maintained peace of mind, I began to experience a feeling of emptiness <clears throat> which I could not understand it wasn't until I tried to be completely honest with myself and to practice the AA principles in all of my affairs that this emptiness was replaced by joy. It is my belief that the feelings of emptiness was my own doing. I have been so elated by the wonderful experience on the road at night that I wanted to stay up in a cloud with God, but this was not to be. It was my place to be down among the suffering alcoholics not up in the cloud. As long as I keep my feet on the ground among the suffering, God will come down and remain always with me. It is not my intention to reform anyone or to pretend to be a holy Joe. I am just grateful soul who hopes to help someone find peace and happiness and then share it with someone else. Glasgow, Scotland. Amen. And now, a word from my sponsor, King Solomon, Proverbs 13. A wise son accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Wise words win you a good meal, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. The godly hate lies. The wicked cause shame and disgrace. Godliness guards the path of the blameless, but the evil are misled by sin. Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be poor. The rich can pay a ransom for their lives, but the poor won't even get threatened. The life of the godly is full of light and joy, but the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappear. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Hope defer makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a common will succeed, a command. Those who respect a command will succeed, and and a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. In other words, constructive imagination. We put a dream on our dreamer, and we look at it till it comes to pass. So the hope will be filled. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Those who respect a command will succeed. The instructions of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. If you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept, if you accept correction, you will be honored. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Sponsor and talk with your sponsor and become wise. Associate with the fools and you get in trouble. Trouble chases sinners, while blessings reward the righteous. Good people have an inheritance of their grandchildren. A a poor person's farm may produce wealth, but injustice sweeps it all away. He who spares the rod of discipline hates their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline. Amen. The godly eat to their heart's content, But the belly of the wicked goes hungry. Okay, let's back up a little bit uh, right here. Good people leave an inheritance to their children's children, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. A poor person's farm may produce much food, but injustice sweeps it all away. Those who spare the rot of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. The godly eat to their heart's content but the belly of the wicked goes hungry. Amen. Thank you so much for coming to today's meeting. Let's go ahead and pray out with the third step prayer, please. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those that would help of thy power Thy love of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working. Greetings. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Welcome, welcome to today's podcast. A high-fi to you and a hug. If no one's telling you they love you this morning, tough shit. No, I'm kidding. I love you. I just wanted to make you smile and uh, clean up your nostrils. Take a deep breath. Yeah, basic idea is that we walk and live with faith. And alcohol took my faith away. And AA does a great job of pouring back hope, love, faith, believing. You know, it just, it puts it right back where it should have been. Faith is natural as breathing air. And believing as natural. When I came in, I was so skeptical I didn't believe I had lost my believer and uh, they left me alone nothing they could do or say I just needed to to pay attention to listen and watch you and the magic happened it started with laughter it started with chuckles it started with tears of laughter mixed with years of pain that started streaming from the side of my eyes. It was like a piece of, a block of metal, a brick of some kind of metal inside my stomach, and I could not get that out. It had hardened. Disappointments, hatred, evil, whatever it was, it was very, I tried everything, until I came into AA, and it started chipping away in the corners. And I can feel that, Asset coming down through the tears in my eyes. Disappointment with my dad and my mom and my desires to be, uh, to help in the household did not pan out. You know, it would, it would for a little while. I bring my $3.65 from selling newspapers and give it to my mom. My grandmother, when I would give her my money for the day at five years old, she would give me 15, 20 cents back or 15, 20% back and say, Good job, son. Go out there and enjoy yourself. That right there was the, re- the greatest reward of all, to give to your household and then receive your reward and go. That was uh, a spiritual fulfillment that f- fit the bill. And I always try to implement that when my grandma taught me. I did it with my mom many times, but she would never, uh, she'd take the whole gamut and say, screw you, kid. Go out there and do it again. And I just, did, I didn't have the pleasure of enjoying a job well done. In other words, I didn't celebrate. So we as adults today, we need to pat ourselves in the back and celebrate a job well done, you know, and, and treat ourselves to something, you know, um, but... Encourage ourselves that you're doing a good job. So i like to tell you right now that you are doing a good job coming into this podcast and listening to daily reflections and giving me the benefit of the, of, of the doubt that I'm reading the good information and you forgive my um, derelictions and my statements and you give me that love and comfort. So I thank you for that and I pat you in the back for your hard work, for your effort to go to work, to come back and to provide for yourself and your family and the loved ones, your friends, you are dignified for your friends and the love you have for others. I, I bless you and I, I say continue to do that purpose that we're created to have natural love for each other and that's what the fellowship provided for me i don't know people's last names but i love them oh actually we do have the same last name alcohol everybody's name alcohol i bet you if you look in the dictionary and you see how many people have the last name of alcohol they will be their people with alcohol so somebody look it up and see amen okay let's move on forward daily reflections Redoubling our efforts for August the 10th. To a degree, he has already done this when taking moral inventory. But now the time has come when he ought to redouble his efforts to see how many people he has hurt and in what ways. 12 steps and 12 traditions, page 77. As I continue to grow in sobriety, I become more aware of myself as a person of worth. In the process, I am better able to see others as persons, and with this comes the realization that these were people whom I had hurt in my drinking days. I didn't just lie. I lied about Tom. I didn't just cheat. I cheated Joe. What were seemingly impersonal acts were really personal affronts, because it was people, people of worth whom I had harmed. I need to do something about the people I have hurt, so that I may enjoy a peaceful sobriety. Amen. Amen. I'm Fernando Alcoholic, and I came to a conclusion that I labored already in penitence over my fourth and fifth step, my eighth and ninth tenth, and I prayed for them. And, and now I came to the conclusion that I'm thankful I did that. I'm thankful I wronged my friends. I'm thankful that I, I cheated in my employer. I'm thankful for my DUIs. I'm thankful for the, you know, um, for the sins and the the evil that, that caused. Now, it doesn't bother me. I am released into being happy, joyous, and free because I confessed it. I said, hey i done wrong. This is what I'm doing about it. I'm making a living amends. And I'm good with it. So thank you very much. And I need I need to shut the door on it. I have completed my restitution. Amen. Now if other things come up, I take care of them on step 10. You know, write them down right away. And then I do the whole process all over again. If I forget something, like if I forget a whole chapter like I did before, I I was in San Diego, and I saw a corner, and then I realized, I thought, oh, man, I forgot to put that down on my fourth step, in my inventory. So I had to do it all over again. What I'm saying, folks, is the most important grievances come up to the surface, and we start taking care of those because they're keeping us from living life the way life was designed. Not more believe reflecting, poor me, just get excited and say, Thank you, God, I did that. I thank you, I was a mess up. I thank you, I stole those people's cars. I thank you, Lord God, I stole somebody's piggy bank and all that. I made a mess of things. Thank you, God. Now we can cash them in. I have a higher power that says, Hey, be thankful for all things and cash them in. Cash in all your derelictions. Why hanging on to them? Are you God? He tells me. Can you go into the crevices of your spirit and mind and get those things out? God says, I can. All right, moving forward right here. uh, Let's go ahead, since we're talking about God, let's go right to our King Solomon and see what he has in store for us today for Proverbs 9, excuse me, Proverbs 10. Actually, I'm going to read 9 and 10 because uh, I don't remember if I read it yesterday. I probably did, but we're going to hear it anyway because 9, 10, and 11, and 12 all have a strong message from the heart, language from the heart. And they really uh, speak to me loudly. Since I mentioned all that, and we have the time, and you have a long drive, let's go ahead and do that. We'll start with 9, 10, 11, and 12, and we'll make a fast translation that's uh, fun and easy to, to, to mingle with. Here we go. Okay, let me get the translation. Let me keep my word, and the easiest one I know that flies for today's language is the Message Bible. The Message Bible just uh, it's hip. Remember the word "hip" in the '60s, '70s. We used the word that the word meant they are aware. They we use the word uh, "hip," baby. I'm hip. I'm up with the times. Okay, Proverbs 9, Message Bible. Lady Wisdom has built and furnished her home. is supported by seven hewn timbers. That banquet meal is ready to be served, lamb roasted, wine poured out, table set with silver and flowers. Having dismissed her servant maids, Lady Wisdom goes to town and stands in a prominent place and invites everyone within sound of her voice. She says, Are you confused about life? Don't know what's going on? Do you need a format for life? Do you need a program for living? Come with me. Oh, come have dinner with me. I prepared wonderful spread fresh baked bread, roast lamb, spiritual wines. Leave your impoverished confusion and live. Walk up the street of a life with meaning. Come to the fellowship. If you reason with an arrogant cynic, all you'll get is a slap in the face. Confront bad behavior and get a kick in the chins. So don't waste your time and a complainer, a scoffer, a cynic, for you'll only get pain for an abuse. But if you correct those who care about life, that's different, they'll love you for it. Save your breath for the wise, you'll be wiser for it. Tell good people what you know, they'll profit from it. Skill living gets its start in the fear of God. Skill living gets its start in the fear of God. Insight into life from knowing a holy God. It's through me, Lady Wisdom, that your life depends and the years of your life ripen. Live wisely and wisdom will permeate your life. Mock life and life will mock you. Then there is this other woman, Madam Prostitute, raising empty. Headed, frivolously, empty-headed, she sits on the front porch on her house on her main street, and as people walking by, minding their own business, she calls out, Are you confused about life? Do you need a program to live? You don't know what's going on? Steal off with me. I'll show you a good time. Don't worry about it. No one will ever know. I'll give you the time of your life. We'll, we'll, we'll drink and party all the way. My husband's not home, but they don't know about all the skeletons in her closet that all her guests end up in hell. Wise son, if you're a wise son, you have glad father. If you're a stupid son, you have a sad mother. Ill-gotten gains gets you nowhere. An honest life is immortal. God won't starve an honest soul, but he frustrates the appetite of the wicked. Laziness makes you poor. Diligence brings wealth. Make hay while the sun shines. That's smart. Go fishing during harvest. That's stupid. Blessings accrued on a good and honest life, but the mouth of the wicked is a dark cave of abuse A good and honest life is a blessed memorial. A wicked life leaves a rotten stench. A wise heart takes orders. An empty head will come unglued. (laughs) Honesty lives confidently and carefree. But shifty is pure to be exposed. Shiftless attitude. An evasive eye is a sign of trouble ahead. But an open face-to-face meeting results in peace. The mouth of a good person is a deep life-giving well, but the mouth of the wicked is a dark cave of abuse. Again, the mouth of a good person is deep life-giving water, but the mouth of the wicked is a dark gravel cave of abuse. Hatred starts fight, but love pulls a quit over the bickering. You'll find wisdom on the lips of a person of insight but the short-sighted need a slap in the face. The wise accumulate knowledge, a true treasure. Know-it-alls talk too much, a sheer waste. The wealth of the rich is their security. The poverty of the indignant is their ruin. The wage of a good person is exuberant life. An evil person ends up with nothing but sin. The road to a life is a disciplined life. Ignore correction and you're lost for good. I love to be disciplined. I love to be corrected. Amen. Liars secretly hoard hatred. Fools openly spread slanders. The more talk, the less truth. The wise measure their words. The speech of a good person is worth waiting for. The blabber of a wicked is worthless. The talk of a good person is rich, fair for many, but chatterboxes die of an empty heart. God's blessings makes life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. An empty-headed thinks mischief is fun, but a mindful person relishes wisdom. That's you, guys. You are mindful people that relish wisdom. I love you, and I thank God that we are in union and in zinc. Amen. The nightmares of the wicked come true. What the good people desire, they get. What good people desire, they get. It's always good to be joyful and go take a lick. New cars, new clothing, new appliances, new houses, and just have a dream day, a reward day. Act as if. You know, get all dressed up and go look at houses and stuff. Totally over our heads. Airplanes. Boats. Now I'm boasting, folks. Some kind of positive thing looking forward. Act as if. When the storm is over, there's nothing left of the wicked. Good people firm on their rock foundation aren't even faced. A lazy employee will give you nothing but trouble. It's vinegar in the mouth, smoke in the eyes. The fear of God expands your life. A wicked life is a puny life. The aspirations of good people end in celebration. The ambitions of bad people crash. God is solid backing to a well-lived life, but he calls into question a shabby performance. Good people last, they can't be moved. The wicked are here today, gone tomorrow. A good person's mouth is a clear fountain of wisdom. A fall moth is a stagnant swamp. The speech of a good person clears the ear. The words of the wicked pollute it. Proverbs 11. Without good direction, with a good program, people lose their way. God hates cheating in the marketplace, He loves it when business is overboard. The stuck-up fall flat on their faces, but down-to-earth people stand firm. The integrity of the honest keeps them on track. The deviousness of crooks brings them to ruin. A thick bankroll is no help when life falls apart, but a principled life can stand up to the worst. Moral character makes for smooth traveling, and evil life is a hard life. Good character is the best insurance. Crook is, crooks get trapped in their sinful lust. When the wicked die, that's it. The story's over and no hope. A person, a good person is saved from much trouble. A bad person runs straight into it. The loose tongue of the godless spreads destruction. The common sense of the godly preserves them. When it goes well for good people, the whole town cheers. When it goes badly for bad people, the town celebrates. When right living people bless the city, it flourishes. Evil talk takes evil talks turns into a ghost town in no time. Mean spirited slander is heartless. Quiet discretion accompanies good sense. A gadabout. Gossip can't be trusted with a secret, a about I don't know what a about is about. But someone of integrity won't violate a confidence. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. Whoever makes deals with strangers is sure to get burned. If you keep a cool head, you'll avoid rash bargains. A woman of gentle grace gets respect, but men of rough violence grasp for loot. When you're kind to others, you'll help yourself. When you're cruel to others, you'll hurt yourself. Bad work gets paid with a bad check. Good work gets solid pay. Take your stand with God's loyal community and live, or chase after phantoms of evil and die. God can't stand deceivers, but oh how he relishes integrity. Count on this, the wicked won't get off scot-free and God's loyal people will triumph. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful face and an empty head. The desires of good people lead straight to the best. The wicked ambition ends in angry frustration. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Curses on those who drive a hard bargain. Blessing on all who play fair and square. The one who seeks good finds the light. The student of evil becomes evil. A life devoted to things is a dead life, a stump. A God-shaped life devoted to God is a flourishing tree. Exploits or abuse your family and end up with a fistful of air. Nothing to show for it. Common sense tells you it is a stupid way to live. A good life is a tree-bearing tree, fruit-bearing tree. A violent life destroys souls. If good people barely make it, what's in store for the bad? If good people barely make it, what's in store for the bad? Proverbs 12, if you love learning. If you love learning, you love the discipline that goes with it. How short-sighted it is to refuse correction. Again, we who love learning, we love the discipline that goes with it. We consider and understand when we're corrected. And receive the correction and accept it. Accept the correction. Why? It may be from God, the Father. It may be an answer to our prayers that we need to correct this before we get on our journey. A good person baths in the delight of God, and he wants nothing to do with devious schemers. You can't find firm footing in a swamp, but life rooted in God stands firm. A hardy wife invigorates her husband, but a frigid woman is cancer in the bones. The thinking of principal people make for justice. The plots of the generous corrupt. The words of the wicked kill. The speech of the upright saves. Wicked people fall to pieces. There's nothing to them. The homes of good people hold together. A person who talks sense is honored. Airheads I hell in contempt. Better to be ordinary and working for a living than act important and starve in the process. Good people are good to their animals. The good-hearted bad people kick and abuse them. The one who stays on the job has food on the table. The witless chase whims and fancies. The one who stays on the job has food on the table. The stupid witless take uncalculable chances and fancies and hurt others. What the wicked construct finally falls into ruin while the roots of the righteous give life and more life. The gossip of bad people gets them in trouble. The conversation of good people keeps them out of it. Well-spoken words bring satisfaction. Well-done work has its own reward. Fools are headstrong and do what they like. Wise people take advice. Wise people take advice. Fools have short fuses and explode all too quickly. The prudent quietly shrug off insults. Truthful witness by a good person clears the air. but liars lay down a smoke screen of deceit. Rash language cuts and maims, but there is healing in the words of the wise. Truth lasts. Lies are here today, gone tomorrow. Evil scheming distorts the schemer. Peace planning brings joy to the planner. No evil can overwhelm a good person, but the wicked have their hands full of life. God can't stomach liars. He loves the company of those who keep their word. Prudent people don't flaunt their knowledge. Talkative fools broadcast their silliness. The diligent find freedom in their work. The lazy are repressed by work. Worry weighs us down. A cheerful word picks us up. A good person survives misfortune, but a wicked life invites disaster. A lazy life is an empty life, but early to rise gets the job done. Good men and women travel right into life. Sense detours take you straight to hell. Thank you so much for coming to today's podcast. I hope I didn't uh, throw you uh, on the side. Let me go ahead and read a quick story in the grapevine, and it's called Someone's Gotta Do It, Tradition. Tradition 9. AA, as such, will never be organized Well, we may create service boards and committees directly responsible to those they serve. Who pays the bill? Who opens the door? Who buys the coffee? A member shares a few things she knows about how some groups work. When I first came into AA, I had a vague understanding of what might happen, so I watched others. It was clear that the person sitting up front was running the meeting. I don't remember today who that person was, but I don't think I thought much about how that person came to be a, a, to be leading. I saw the steps and traditions hung on the wall, and I understood that someone would be asked to read them as well. At first, certain things seemed odd to me. Why do we have to read these every time? Clearly, my thoughts toward others were limited. After being in AA a little bit longer, I started to understand that perhaps There is more to AA than just this meeting right here, right now. Small questions came up in my mind. What happens to the money in the basket? Who pays the electric bill? Who buys coffee and who brings the cake? Who decides who leads the meeting? I paid attention and read the printed material. I understood the concept of AA business meeting when one was announced. After that, I didn't think too much further into things. It was enough for me at first, that time to make meetings and stay sober. Then I started to go to a big book study, and before long, I shared that meeting meeting myself. I got my first look of how AA works. When I sat up front, I did what I saw other meetings leaders do. I asked others to read the steps and traditions, and I myself read the directions for sharing the meeting. I collected money for the 7th edition and for the hospitals and institutions. I made sure that the money was passed to the treasurer. Since then, I have grown up a bit in AA. I attend a variety of meetings. I have, set, I have seen that AA is not a cookie-cutter-style program. Certainly, there is a basic format or set standards for most meetings, such as the readings. but apart from those basic, many decisions at an AA meeting seem to depend on the group. Now... That I have been in service. Now that I've been in service, I have read the big book and the 12 steps and the 12 traditions a few times. I have better understanding of how the individual group relates to AA as a whole. In any group, there has to be organization. AA is not just a random collection of alcoholics trying at meetings about how they can no longer drink. Someone has to open the door. AA may create service boards, or committees directly responsible to those they serve. We form committees and elect trusted service to help serve the group and to meet the specific needs of, of those being served. There are those in the program who embrace the AA way of Life and offer themselves t- to service for the benefit of others and AA as a whole. They may greet others and offer a hug, stock literature find a speaker or make sure the meeting place is clean and properly secure the group including the newest member elects people to take responsibility for paying the bills and keeping the group connected to aa at, at the area regional and national levels aa as a whole is a pretty amazing to me that's a regular that a regular drunk off the street can be the same guy who ends up sharing the meeting Tradition 9 is about service and action. Through AA, I have found a way to recover, and now my recovery depends on my service and unity. I want the newcomer to walk in and see how AA works, so I show up and support my group. I share in honesty my experience, strength, and hope, and I am responsible to my fellow AA as the group, at the group level. Jennifer M. From, from Mobile, Alabama. Amen. Here's another story called Lost in Gilroy. Huh. I went to meetings in Gilroy, California, where they have the Garlic Festival of the World. And the whole town smells like garlic. Um, and they have garlic ice cream, which I never tasted. I hear they have garlic beer, which I never drank. And they have garlic just about everything. I know one thing about garlic. You need enough garlic and it gets your libido up and running. I know that much. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Let's go ahead and pray out with the uh, third step prayer. God. I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Keep coming back. And uh, I'm close to uh, a church next door and they're all singing and singing these chants, so... I pray that they uh, they feel your your spirit like it's filling mine. Thank you. It's amazing they don't have any musical instruments. Maybe they do. I don't hear them. I think it's Latin. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Welcome, welcome family. It's good to see you here coming on a daily basis and enjoying the words of uh, recovery like I am. Today, August the 9th, we're going to be reading daily reflections of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 12 steps and 12 traditions, page 77. One of the key words in the eighth step is the word all. I am not afraid to select a few names for the list and to disregard others. It is a list of all persons I have harmed. I can see immediately that this step entails forgiveness because I am not willing to forgive someone. There's a little chance I will place his name on the list. Before I place the first name on my list, I say a a little prayer. I forgive anyone and anyone who has ever harmed me at any time and under any circumstance. I forgive anyone and everyone who has ever harmed me at any time and under any circumstance. Okay, let's go ahead and say it again, all together. I forgive anyone and everyone who has ever harmed me at any time and under any condition, circumstance. It is well for me to contemplate a small, but very significant two-letter word every time the Lord's prayer is said. The word is, as I ask, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In this case, it means in the same manner. I am asking to be forgiven in the same manner that I forgive others. As I say this portion of the prayer, I, if I am harboring hatred or resentment, <clears throat> I am inviting more resentment when I should be calling on the spirit of forgiveness. Amen. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. One of the areas to cleanse my slate and to, to sort out what's, what's really a hurt and what is not a hurt is uh, I made a, make a list of all the people and I pray for them. You know, if there's even a little bit of smoke of tension there, I'll put their name on the list, and then I'll just—you know—it doesn't matter what I did, what I, what they did, or anything. I pray to for them according to page 552. <clears throat> I pray for their for their laughter, their happiness, their prosperity, their health, that they be okay with their God with their family members and their job and their responsibilities i pray all the way around them put in put all the names in the envelope and just continue to lift up as a matter of fact i have my envelope in the truck and my pickup right now and i have it i have names there so um continue to bless others until the work is done until the satisfaction is done then after that We uh, we sort them out again and and then get them ready to do step nine. So all we're doing is putting a list together and we're sifting it, sifting it. You might have to pray for them 12 times or 14 times consecutive days or 45 days to get all those hurts, make sure they get the blessing. And guess what? I'm going to get a blessing if I pray for others as, as a blessing. Do unto others as I would have them do unto me. Forgive others as I as I've been forgiven. But I have to work at it to take all those hatchets out, to take out all those bitter trees out, all those imaginations of the I'll get even. You know, imagine it, resentment, reset, reset it, reset it, reset it, and I got to go backwards and unsettle it, unset it, unset it, unset it, it by by doing that. Because I can say, oh yeah, I forgive them. But underneath there's a tree, a habit, habitual tree that has planted many, many resentments. That's my story. Now we're gonna shift gears. We're gonna go to a grapevine called Young and Sober of September, 2019. One of my favorite magazines we have here. So please listen up. This one is sent to us by Chad P. from Mont Vernon, Vernon, Indiana, where my life began. I was 25 when I walked into the Here's How group in Carbondale, Illinois in 2003. I believe it was February. I was desperately ready for something and something in me seemed to be leading me there. It had been 15 months since I had a drink or a drug, as far as I knew, and my mind was chattering at me nonstop about alcohol, drugs, and suicide. I don't remember much of what came out of my mouth in that meeting room, let alone what anyone else told me, but the man who became my first sponsor, Cliff M., told me, I'm glad you're here. My alcoholic thinker was telling me to leave because there weren't any people my age in the room and worst of all, no girls I might date. I had nearly died already at least once by choking on vomit. Of course, in my mind, I had never been too drunk to drive either. Yet, I leave places in blackouts. When I was drinking, I get physically, emotionally, and verbally abusive and end up in the worst neighborhoods. I dimly remember being in some gang's territory in Chicago once, Getting a firm talking to by a prostitute named Snow about how I shouldn't be running around with no shirt or shoes, this disease brought a vicious darkness that wouldn't go away. It is still possible that I badly hurt or maybe even killed someone in one of those blackouts. They were that bad. A horrible drunk took over my body when I drank. I did not end up on the here's how group by mistake. Thank God the members at the Here's How treated me like a sick, terrified kid with nowhere else to go and nothing to be ashamed of. Typing this still brings up tears for me. The old timers treated me like a son. Matt P. took me with him everywhere and got me to go out and eat with with the others. Winston M. always put on his hand and gave me a smile and had nothing hiding behind it. Lee shouted out a greeting to me whenever I ran into him at the grocery store. Tony L. started sponsoring me when Cliff got too busy and tragically did not stay sober. And when I got the steps to step six and seven and shared that I felt like I was all defect. Rochelle gave me a comforting grandmother's hug these members these members more than live up to the sign of the group door welcome home since those early days I met some many alcoholics who came into AA and sobered up at my age or younger some with decades of sobriety now for about five years I was part of the young people's group in Columbia Missouri It was there that I first learned about ICYPAA, the International Conference of Young Peoples in AA. When members of our state, EPA chapter came and served us pancakes, they call it EPA, I met a guy there from New York named Kurt who got sober at 16 and reached 33 years sober. He told me he followed the old timers Harvey S, Lisa S, Tony C, and my hero Mel B. They all got sober around my age. Mel reached 66 years of sobriety before he passed. My current sponsor got sober at 21. He has 29 years now and may have more enthusiasm for 12-step work than anyone i ever known. He's encouraged me to do service work with AA. Archives, which is how I got to interview Chuck A., who helped start the INCYPAA, Indian Conference of Young People in AA in the 1980s. That kind of service is just what I needed. It helps me remember what I learned at Here's How Group. My life didn't end with sobriety. It started. Chap P. from Vernon, Indiana, beautiful beautiful wonderful story thank you thank you very much for sending that in let me go ahead and mark it as red Dated. our next story is about step nine huh everything's about step nine step eight and nine lately and i put picked this randomly made direct to such people wherever possible except one to do so would injure them or others. Okay, let's take a pause for the third step break and a commercial from, and a word from our sponsor. Call your sponsor. Go to meetings. Don't drink. Be of service. Don't take yourself too seriously. Okay, let's pray. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. This story is from Sam Marie E. from Atlanta, Georgia. It's a little lengthy. Let's get started. A member takes us on a long, wonderful journey as she makes her ninth step amends and clear a path to freedom. I've been working on Step 9 for months now, even though I started making living amends on a daily basis as soon as I got sober and got a sponsor. Almost immediately it felt good to be kind, thoughtful, and dependable instead of angry, selfish, and unreliable. But I was so tangled in knots of self-pity and misguided righteous indignation that serenity and the ability to see my part in either the past or present eluded me. Working the steps helped me untie the knots. I had opportunities now to make the commands. Some flow easily, but some have been vexing. For example, my behavior was so awful in the last year of a job I held for 10 years, my boss invited me not to return when I got out of rehab. Not only did not one in the department want me back, he said, no one wants to talk to me. Of course, my ego wanted me to contact them. Plead self-pityingly for forgiveness or in some case where I felt particularly wrong, gleefully wish bad things on them. Thank God for my sponsor, said living amends would start by honoring the request for no contact while praying daily for God's goodness to shower upon each and every one of the co-workers by name. So I did. Working the fourth and fifth step finally gave me insight about my substantial part in it all. And I thank God for my sponsor stopped me from making these things worse when with inappropriate amends. Just after my second AA birthday, God gave me the chance to make the recommends to one former co-worker who called me and asked me for help. When we met for coffee, I found it suddenly easy to say, I am so sorry I wasn't the supervisor you deserve and needed in the last two years before I left. I had become an alcoholic and I was very sick. That's no excuse. That's just what happened to me. And because it happened, I wasn't available to you. I didn't do what you needed to support you. I let you down. I am sorry for how badly I behave. You deserve better. I also asked him to tell me how I had hurt him. To my surprise, he said he was sorry I was so sick and never told him. He also said he forgave me and that he missed working with me. He then asked me to help him with a fundraising, so I made living amends by doing just that. That's God at work for sure. Two months later I made amends to another coworker who emailed me to share good news about finally becoming a father through adoption. Thanks to God, I had the privilege of writing a character reference for him and his wife in the last year of my drinking. And to update it at their request, this past year in sobriety, he thanked me for helping them. And yet I was stuck at the most difficult amends of all, my mother. She had died two months before I got sober. In fact, watching her die from her own addiction, her body skeletal with cancerous lumps distending her abdomen, her lungs a charred wasteland from three packs of cigarettes a day for three decades helped me see what I was doing to myself with alcohol and how I would die if I didn't stop. Just three days before she died, she took my hand as I sat before her and she said, I'm sorry I chose cigarettes over you all. I thought they helped me calm down and made my life more enjoyable and I was wrong. I thought I could quit anything but I couldn't even when I knew I was sick. I am so sorry. I said I loved her and that was that. I was grateful for all she had done for me and how much she loved me. I said I was sorry that hurt so much in life that she needed cigarettes to make things better. I said those things, but I didn't feel them. She died with one hand in mine and the other in my father's, looking over my mother's lifeless body. My father shocked me by saying, Honey, when you go home tonight, promise me one thing. You won't drink. I need you now. It was the first and the only time he said anything about my drinking. Of course, I went home and drank, but for a change that night, I didn't drink to oblivion. I did drink to oblivion most nights for the next two months to drown the pain and anger from losing my mother, from being the child of such an angry and controlling person, and from the guilt of putting drinking ahead of everything and everyone else. I spent my days drinking while working from home. My health rapidly declined, blacking out during a phone call with the employee health nurse after I was reported for being incoherently drunk on a conference call. With co workers, finally forced me to admit my life had become unmanageable. And then I was powerless over alcohol. Fast forward to this summer, just after making amends to the first co worker, I suddenly became extremely judgmental of others in my home group. I criticized their outfit, their lengthy shares, their gleeful crosstalk, and their unspiritual behavior. I railed against them in my head and to my sponsor. My sponsor said, I had spiritual cold. I had a spiritually spiritual cold and I needed treatment fast. I pray to God for help that I may be filled with compassion and free from this awful character defect. I also pray daily for good things for the people I was judging. When I st- started feeling judgmental, I repeated the word compassion in my head and I asked God to fill my heart with compassion and remove the desire to judge of course god did far more he gave me a powerful lesson in a meeting a person i had been judging harshly shared about making amends to her mother with whom she also had a complicated relationship hearing her talk about humility humility of admitting her wrongs to her mother asking for forgiveness and being granted that forgiveness just before her mother died hit me hard it's just like god to reveal his will for me in the words or actions of someone who challenges me wallowing in righteous indignation about others perceived faults was my disease blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit of god who wants me to be humble and free and distancing me from the solution I got the message I needed to stop looking at others' faults and get back to admitting my faults and then doing something about them. God clearly signaled it was time to make amends to my mother. I went home and pulled out the August 2013 issue of Grapevine. I had saved it because the story under the banyan tree described how an AA member made amends to his deceased mother and I thought it could be a great guy for me when the time came to make my to my mother. Following, following the story, I wrote mom a letter that began by acknowledging how badly I had behaved in the last year of her life. I specified the exact nature of my wrongs and I asked her to forgive me. I, I then wrote down all the things my mother had done during my life that I was grateful for. I thank her for loving me and taking care of me as best she could and I, and thank her for all the things she had done right. I closed by wishing her unimaginable peace and joy with God wherever she was. When I read the letter to my sponsor I felt the pain, guilt and anger leave me, washed away by my tears. I felt myself fully forgiven by my mother, releasing her from my once angry clutch. My muscles relaxed my chest opened and love and peace rushed into my heart. Today, I honestly feel a new freedom and a new happiness. I have more love in my heart for everyone. Self-seeking is slipping away. I have more interest in helping others rather than helping myself. And God sends me plentiful, plenty of opportunities to be of service. I still have more amends to make, but I am going to continue to follow God's lead and make them in His name not mine. I'm continuing to turn my life and my will over to God because when I do, He clearly does a much better job of running the show than I'll ever do. And for that, I am humbly grateful. Oh, and I'll keep reading the divine-inspired grapevine for guidance from God as revealed in the experience, strength, and hope of my sober fellows worldwide. Sam Marie, E. Atlanta, Georgia. Let me read that last paragraph. And I'll keep reading the divinely inspired grapevine for guidance from God as revealed in the experience, strength, and hope of my sober fellows worldwide. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful story of love. Isn't that an incredible story. That's our that's talking to us, to all of us write the amends down uh, the exact nature of our wrongs with a letter and go to the cemetery and read it out specify rewind this and all the uh, instructions are there for us to put at rest all our wrongs and wrongs done to us Amen Alright moving right along we're going to read King Solomon Well, oh, I'm going to read it uh Proverbs 9 for today. What my sponsor Solomon has to say about wisdom. Wisdom's feast is called. Wisdom has built her house upon seven pillars to keep it secure. She has made ready a banquet feast, and the sacrifice has been killed. She has mingled her wine, and the table is all set. She has sent out her maidens, crying out from high places, inviting everyone to come and eat until they're full. Whoever wants to know me and receive my wisdom, come and dine at my table and drink of my wine. Lay aside your simple thoughts and leave your paths behind. Agree with my ways... Live in my truth, and you will find righteousness. It sounds like the fellowship, doesn't it? If you try to correct an arrogant cynic, expect an angry insult in return. If you try to confront an evil man, don't be surprised if all you get is a slap in the face. So don't even bother to correct a mocker, for he'll only hate you for it. But go ahead, correct the wise, they'll love you even more. Teach a wise man what is right, and he'll grow even wiser. Instruct a seeker of God, and they'll learn even more. The starting point for acquiring wisdom is to be consumed with all as you worship Yahweh. To receive the revelation of the Holy One, you must come to the one who has living understanding. Wisdom will extend your life, making every year more fruitful than the one before, so it is to your advantage to be wise. But to ignore the counsel of wisdom is to invite trouble into your life. There is a spirit named Foolish, who is boisterous and brash. She's seductive and restless, and there she sits at the gateway to the high places on her throne overlooking the city. She preaches to all who walk by her, who are clueless as to what is happening. Come home with me, she invites those who are easily led astray, saying, illicit sex is the best sex of all. Our secret affair will be made sweeter than all others. Little little do they know when they answer her call, that she dwells among the spirits of the dead and all her guests soon become citizens of hell. Amen. Thank you for coming in today's podcast and reading with me. I appreciate it. I get a kick out of reading all this wisdom. Let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.